said, I'm standing here in my Adidas shoes. I'm like, oh, I'll almost turn into your father. I was like, soon my penis and beard will come in and it will be done. Welcome back to Couple Goals with us and M. Hello. It is episode 35, right? 35? Does that sound right? Yeah, I think so. All right. We're going to call it right. Still doing this thing. Still doing it. Even if people don't listen, we're right. like, we're just, we're like, fuck we're, all y'all. We're, we're doing we're, it anyway. We're just going to record it anyway. Punk but rock style. I do have housekeeping before we get started. We don't even want listeners. Fuck we're, listeners. We're, yeah, we're just going to do we're it. We're be underground. I'm not doing it for like, them. I'm doing I'm it for me. I'm going to remove the name from the podcast or just well, make it completely I, illegible. We're such hipsters yeah. that we're, all I want to do is name the what episode we're on. Like, <laughs> welcome back. Number. Welcome back to a podcast that's on episode 35. Yeah. I'm not even telling you where. It's not. It doesn't matter. Housekeeping news. We're so underground that I'm taking down the merch store. <laughs> Yeah, that's the reason. That's why. <laughs> that's I am right. actually going to take it down, though. That's that's oh, yeah. number one housekeeping news. We, we're Today is October 7th. We're recording this on October 7th. It goes live on October 8th because we're so underground that we do it the day before it comes out. But I'm taking it down because I'm busy, as I announced low-key last week, if you listen. I've started a, a, my own business, and I'm very busy. So I don't have time to maintain your merch orders. Yeah, all those merch orders, right? All those merch orders <laughs> that haven't come out in a week or two weeks. <laughs> I don't have time to maintain the ones that do come in. And our our company that we use to fulfill them sucks. So Why is that? They suck. I don't know. I don't think they suck. They get. Did we ever get that one order that yeah, we ordered Mason for Mason's got birthday? A, Mason got a shirt. That oh, wasn't okay. them. That was our post office. That was our lo- it arrived okay. at our post office. On the 28th, did not get delivered till the, t- the second. That's the post office. That had That's, nothing to do with the bullshit. merch company. Okay, well, it was supposed to be here for Mason's birthday on the 26th. I ordered it on the 12th. Wow. It took two weeks. That well, they do sucks. have that distribution center in the, in the hurricane area. I yeah. think it's part of the problem. Okay, well, that also sucked. But the point is, I don't have time to yeah, manage it. Yeah, it. It, it is a long us, time. It costs us more than what we make in Patreon to keep it open every month. Yeah, no one cares. So it's just not worth it right now. I'm closing it down for a little while and we'll open it back up because I do own that domain. But for the next couple months, I'm going to close down merch. If you do want merch, I can do a one off shirt for you. So feel free to drop us a Facebook message, shoot us an email, comment in the thing and I can I can get you a shirt. It's not a big deal, but I'm going to shut down the store for now. Other housekeeping news, rate, review, subscribe. That's and if it. you already have. Thank you. Yeah. Any of the, if you've done what you, what, what you need to do, we love you. We love you so much. Right. We do. We do appreciate. You guys, you guys are the best. Every little positive review or like or comment or whatever. It's, it's really cool when people interact with our, with our stupid program. Yeah. We, we love you guys. We really do. The listeners we do have, you guys are the best. Oh, non-housekeeping news, but just personal news. I bought my first figure. Yes. So we were at Target the other day, and I always like to go look at the the figures, the toys, the movie memorabilia, whatever, nostalgia, pop culture section, whatever you want to call that. 
at Target. And now NECA, which is a company spelled N-E-C-A, NECA is a action figure. I really shouldn't call them action figure. I guess adult action figure company. Right. Like the figure I bought Not literally like says stars. It says 17 plus. Right. Like on my figure. They're adult collectibles. We'll just call them that. They're they're collectibles. Let's see if it says and what they, it's what it's considered. Um, and they make figures. They're not meant to be played with though. The the joints are still. They're meant to be posed. Seventeen and up. It doesn't tell you what it's called. They're meant to be posed and displayed, basically. But it's it's clearly a company that's very much my generation. I'm guessing that grew up with action figures. I don't think action figures are a popular toy choice for kids these days. I don't know that, but I just see a lot less of them on the store shelves. And a lot of the ones that plushies I, are more like for kids these days, like plush yeah. or plush toys. I mean, I still see figures, you know, like and they have figures for the new Ninja Turtles and stuff like that. But I feel like the figures that sell are the really well designed, well made ones. And they sell to older people like, you know, idiots like me, basically. But anyway, NECA is a company who makes very detailed toys with their licenses and seven inch figures. Well, they, they do bigger ones. They literally I, I have, bought, I I have 18 one. inch figures. I have, uh, you know, they do tiny stuff. I think they started off doing like head knockers or something, kind of like Funko. But th- this is, it's a really cool company. But and not just recently, they were able to get their merchandise into Target, which is awesome because obviously that's that's a huge market. I think I'm guessing the biggest store they were in before that was like Fye. They, they'd have their stuff in Toys R Us, but they're gone now. So yeah, so, so they tar- got into Target's Target. huge. And I was like. This is dumb. I hate because Sean has a ton of these action figures, and I think they're all stupid. And then I we went to Target because I needed nail polish remover. That's why we went there, so I could spend a dollar seventy nine. But you know what happens when you go to Target? You know how you go to Target and then you have to walk around the whole store because yesterday was the last day of their denim sale, and they have the best denim. Universal Thread is fantastic, affordable denim. If you're if you're Sean likes to wear a Levi. I like affordable denim because trends change and sometimes you want bright red denim. It, I was like, oh, let's walk around the whole store because I need a dollar seventy nine nail polish. I like remover. Levi's because I like clothes. I like Sean the same clothes, clothes for about thirty years. Yeah, Sean <laughs> likes to buy clothes one time in every thirty years. So like, our in Facebook, our memory showed up, and I was looking at these pictures from our wedding anniversary six years ago yeah. when we were in Vegas. Yes, and you still wear those same shoes. That you wore to our wedding anniversary. I have the shoes I wore to our wedding anniversary. I haven't worn them since our wedding anniversary six years ago, but I still own them. Well, you have shoes that you've only worn once. You probably have shoes you've never worn. Yeah, I bought those for the wedding anniversary. I wore them then. I haven't worn them since. They're Michael Antonio. Your shoe collection would make Imelda Marcos weep. Is that a person? I don't know what that is. You don't know who Imelda Marcos is? Uh, ML? Imelda. Imelda? Imelda Marcos. Imelda? She was... Like the wife of some Philippine dictator or something like that. Is that a? I don't and know. then when he got, I think it was like back in the eighties. I'm so I'm probably butchering this. So 80s. people, if people know who Imelda Marcos is, sorry if I'm butchering this. But this is this is all I remember from it. I think I don't. Maybe he didn't get arrested. I don't know. But they they took all their stuff for whatever reason. They they repoed everything. And when they were going through their house, and that might not even be accurate, but they've. She had like rooms just full of shoes. She had like three thousand oh. pairs of shoes or something like that. That's Have you considered would... becoming a dictator? <laughs> At, yes, <laughs> yes. You're I like, would be a I fascist have... dictator too. I'd be way, way, way worse than than Trump. <laughs> be so. I'd anyway, be, I... back to my toy. So we go to Target, and I'm like, 
oh, let's walk around the whole store. And Sean's like, okay, well, that means we always have to go look at, like, Blu-rays and media for no reason. And action figures. And action figures. So we end up, and... NECA's, and I forgot that NECA was... NECA, NECA isn't in the toy section. NECA is back by... Collectibles The and collectibles, movies. like, back on that back wall where the movies are. We're back over there, and I'm like, this is dumb, because I always, I'm always a little pouty when we have to go through Sean's sections. She, all of a sudden, she really wants to leave Target. Now, we meander time. through the women's section for about 25 minutes. We spend about four looking at stuff I like, and all of a sudden, her head hurts. Literally, before we walked into hurt. that section, he looked at my feet to see what shoes I was wearing. He was like, oh, good. You're wearing, I was wearing these red Adidas that I got on clearance when, when they were closing down the Adidas outlet. Just say and you're wearing sneakers. They don't care. <laughs> you guys, I was wearing these amazing red Adidas that, because they closed the Adidas outlet, so I was able to get Adidas Sambas on clearance, and they're fantastic. So anyway, actually, they're gazelles. So. Oh, sorry. So anyway, he's like, oh, good, you're wearing comfortable shoes so we don't have to rush. And I was like, ooh, that's that's shitty. We go back and we're in the NECA section. And I'm like, this is dumb because it's like all these toys I don't care about. And then out of the corner of my eye, I saw this 1990 It Pennywise. Stephen King's It. Stephen King's It. Miniseries. Pennywise. So that's the Tim Curry Pennywise. And it's a seven inch and it's got... It's got, um, it's obviously, it's, it's him, right? And it's got a noisemaker, a paper boat, four interchangeable heads, seven interchangeable hands, and seven balloons. It is so detailed and amazing. The box looks like the VHS, the, the VHS movie Our box. Book. Yeah. It's amazing. So I was like, I'm just going to carry this around and consider it. So I, I bought it, and it's fantastic. And then we found a gizmo. Also from, made by NECA. From Gremlins, also made by NECA, that when you touch it, it sings and dances. It's a plushie, but it's got, like, the um, mogwai, like, hard ears and eyes and stuff. And when you touch it, it moves, it dances, and it sings gizmo's little song do you want to play the song for no no if you don't follow us on instagram that's your problem that's your problem <laughs> you should have seen it already don't antagonize the listeners calm down <laughs> like good lord but I, it's I, thought it'd be, yeah, well, I think uh, we'll just play it for him real quick yeah Everybody's like, turn the turn this shit off. So cute. Oh my gosh, you guys. Now those aren't the first like collectible things Maggie has. Purchased. No, I have a I have a porg that actually Sean bought me. That when you poke its belly, it flaps its wings and makes porg sounds in his mouth. I should moves. say they're not the fir first things that you have. I think they're the first things that you actually that you per that you found and you decided you wanted and bought Correct. them. Not stuff that I bought for you that you were like, Oh, this is cool. Yeah. Yeah, because I have like I have a BB-8. It's like a Funko, Funko figure, and I have a, I have a Daenerys on one of her dragons, Funko. Like I have stuff, but Sean always bought it for me. This is the first one that I was like, I'm gonna need this. Her reaction is is really what got me. Just I could tell how much she was drawn to, and then she put it down. And I could tell she really, really liked it, but she was also having some kind of inner tur turmoil at the thought of buying one of these stupid, nerdy collectibles that I buy. That's that's Sean territory. 
and you came home and told the kids like, well, I'm almost completely metamorphosized into your father. <laughs> yeah. As I was standing there, my graphic tee with Crowley on it. And I'm like, guys, and I'm sitting here in my Adidas shoes. I'm like, oh, I'm almost turning into your father. I was like, soon my penis and beard will come in and it will be done. <laughs> I was like, I'll be I'll be completely turned into Sean. And, and then I told them what happened. And Logan's like, oh, my God, it is almost complete. I was like, I know. <laughs> It reminds me of the time you dressed like me for Halloween because yeah. I, I had long we had hair. The same, the, we had the same length hair. Right. Because you were growing your hair out and I had cut mine off. Yeah. <laughs> so it, we had, So I did a cork beard. Burnt and, cork beard. Yeah, I did a burnt cork beard and I went as and I wore your shirt and I went as you for Halloween. That was funny. That was a funny. That was a funny Halloween. So this weekend, the Venom movie came out. So let's talk about that a little bit. First, first of all, I just want to say. I had zero expectations for this movie. I thought it would be serviceable at best, kind of like with Solo. I thought Solo was going to be just absolutely dog shit. I really liked Solo. Solo Solo turned out to be pretty good. This Venom movie also turned out to be good. I wouldn't say it's great. Like nobody, it's not. I enjoyed the second half of the Venom movie. Amazing, but it's good. First half of the Venom, this is no spoilers, by the way, guys. No spoilers. I'm going to try not to spoil, but there might be spoilers. So, Jeremy, sorry. It might, no. I might just slip up. I don't know what a spoiler is. I don't because know what a spoiler I, is either. Well, no, what I mean is like because because of my knowledge of the comic books, I don't know what constitutes a spoiler for the average viewer because I, well, I was the average viewer and I don't think there was really any spoilers in this. Not even the, the mid credit scene. If I talked about that at all, do you think that would be a spoiler? I think that would be a spoiler. What was the, what was the mid? <laughs> Never. I'm not going to say you don't remember that we watched one credit scene. We didn't stay for the last one. I will say this. If you go see the movie, there are two credit scenes. There's a mid credit scene and a post credit scene. The mid credit scene ties into the movie you just watched Venom. However, oh, I remember that now. That's probably a spoiler. Yeah. Don't say anything about that. So but the don't. the fight, the after credit scene is actually just an entire scene from the upcoming animated Spider-Man movie called uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which is focused more on the alternate universe Miles Morales Spider-Man, but it has a bunch of other Spider-Men and women in it, including John Mulaney as Spider-Ham, who I hope gets his own movie, because John Mulaney as Spider-Ham is, is inspired I, casting. His, yeah, he sounds great voice, in the I two lines like... that he has. It does sound pretty good. I saw the. So anyway, let, let me speak about Venom as as I'm going to proclaim myself a hardcore Venom fan. Oh. I, I wasn't there since the beginning. I think he came out in like 87 or 88, but that's just because I didn't have access to comic books. Right. TV removal, all that stuff. Right. So it was probably closer to 92, 93 when I discovered this wonderful character. And well, actually, I, I, I discovered it in 2018. <laughs> so I will speak to that when you're done. Well, let me say this wonderful by this wonderful character. Let me just say I was a teenager. So you have this. WWE, well, I guess at the time, WWF, but anyway, you have this WWE size dude in an all black suit with giant teeth. And he has Spider-Man's powers. Of course, that's going to appeal to a teenage Spider-Man fan in the night. It was a very Venom is a very 90s character mm -hmm. just by his design. And his origin story has always been terrible. His origin story in the comics was that he was a disgraced photojournalist 
you know, he got caught stealing somebody's pictures and using them as his own or something like that. And be, for what I, I can't remember all the. Oh, they, so he's not quite the same movie. No, they okay. do a better job with his origin in the movie. Yeah, Def, in and, the movie, and, he's. And this is for this is a weird thing, too, because this is what I'm seeing online a little bit just from the people I follow on Instagram. I follow some cosplayers on there. There's one guy he's called Spider Inferno. He just he like almost strictly cosplays as different Spider-Man outfits and stuff. So he's a huge Spider-Man fan. He was very disappointed in the movie and I don't understand it. I'm like, okay, so he's probably a fan of the character, but it's it's this movie is very divisive and I don't really understand why I I, because I divisive. Yes. Like there's a divide. Oh, yeah. Between you have the comic book, the the general consensus I've seen on. That's a that's a word. That makes me think of a device. That's that's a word. Huh. (laughs) What a a nice word. I think of it. A couple goals. Word of the day. Divisive. D-I-V-I-S-I-V-E. Here's the thing living with Sean. Sean has a photographic memory. This only comes in handy for vocabulary and spelling. It does not come in handy when you text information to him because he doesn't remember it. <laughs> no, I don't. He I don't retain rem- valuable information. But I retain worthless information. if you text him a new word. <laughs> Device is not a new word. Or if he reads something on IMDb, he will retain it forever. I don't read IMDb. Stop But if you text that. him news or your schedule or a task you need him to accomplish... <laughs> He will forget immediately, but he has the most extensive vocabulary of anyone I know. But OK, go on. Divisive. Yeah, that's I thought really, I, don't think I thought it was like, I don't know. I thought there was look it a, up on your phone. No, I believe you. My phone's queued up for my topic, so I don't want to look it up. So anyway, it's a very divisive movie. Creates divides. Hmm. That's just not the word I thought it was. That's all right. Well, we all learn something new every day. I know. I believe you because you have a very good vocabulary. I That's not true. I used to think I used to use the word enervate incorrectly all the time. Well, I didn't know that was a word at all. <laughs> I used to think it meant enter the same as like energized and it means the exact opposite of energized. So, yeah, I might yeah. know the words. I don't always know what they mean. <laughs> I, I definitely I probably read that in a book flip the uh, in context to whatever for whatever reason because i'm an idiot it made sense to me to, to anyway it doesn't matter moving back to venom the the consensus on the internet from what i've gathered is that comic book fanboys hate this movie and i am a comic book fanboy okay i don't know why and then so i'm trying to figure out why and, and i can i can come up with reasons because i will say this about the movie the movie's good it's not amazing it's very enjoyable, and I think that's what a movie should be. It's enjoyable. It has, it has It's well acted. It has likable characters. has a lot of flaws as far as some of the logic. There's some Jenny logic Slate lapses in there. Jenny terrible in it. No, she's not. She just don't, nobody's ever going to accept Jenny Slate as a serious actress after playing Mona Lisa Saperstein or whatever. Yeah. The idea of there not being cameras in that lab and stuff is just kind of goofy. That's, that's ridiculous. You have to overlook some stuff. The, How, whole, if the you, whole first half of the movie is ridiculous. If you go into it, though, and like, and, and I think maybe this is part of it is because I, I coming up being a fan of horror movies from the 80s and 90s, which are full of holes. You know what I mean? Like they're enjoyable, yeah. fun, great movies there. But there's all kinds of terrible decisions and things that don't make sense. So and you let it go because you're enjoying the movie or for whatever reason. And that that's kind of like Venom. There's some very stupid sh- decisions made in that movie. But Tom Hardy is fantastic as both Eddie Brock and. 
who is the host of the symbiote Venom, and then he also voices the symbiote Venom. He's he's great as both of them. Uh, the movie moves very quickly. It establishes things quickly. I know you found the movie boring at first, but I felt like they had to kind of establish what these things were. And that's all they did. Like, they didn't harp on it. Mm-hmm. You know what that's I mean? They true. introduced the symbiotes in, like, the first scene. Right. You know what I mean? They they, really they're did. explaining stuff from the get-go. You might have found it boring, but you can't just have, you can't just start with Eddie Brock being Venom. I feel like he could have. Yeah. yeah. I also thought it was cool that one of the astronauts' names was Jameson, since Jonah Jameson's son is was an, an astronaut. astronaut. Yeah. But I, and from the comics, I remember he actually came back from space as a werewolf, I think was his problem. Oh, oh yeah. That's, yeah. Like that, that happens well, sometimes space when you go to outer space. Space werewolves, such a problem. Hate it. But uh, they got they got the suit right. They got the character right. Most of the action's good. The last action scene with having both both the uh, the villain and yeah, the hero the and all the hero black are both are both like they're they're Venom. all black <laughs> or whatever and those are called. <laughs> they're fighting at night. Yeah, it's a little hard to make out, and it kind of sometimes looks like just amorphous blobs. Right. Kind of fighting each other, kind of reminiscent of those shitty Transformers movies. So, like I said, it's not it's not all wonderful. However, I, I, I really enjoyed it. Here's the kicker. Is the second half is pretty. It's really quite enjoyable. It got the your attention. Half, yeah. So that was the other thing. It's the, the tone of it, not necessarily the quality of it, but the, the tone of the movie is very Evil Dead 2 to me in, in the way that it vacillates between action and it's comedy comedy and, and horror and there's some horror. horror elements there yeah i think a lot of comic fanboys wanted a straight up like horror action movie Venom, maybe venom's kind of funny like he's, yes yeah he's a. he makes him likable it makes eddie brock like here's the other thing about eddie brock from the comics for all you comic fanboy nerds eddie brock is a shit character he's just a lunkhead he's not very likable another reason that other people that people don't like it i think it's because there's no spider-man in it and i will say this this movie does not need spider-man i did not miss spider-man spider-man is my favorite comic book character wait i thought it was batman <laughs> That's mm. back. yeah the, the way they established venom without spider-man i thought worked great you, you i don't miss spider-man you don't need, and i think that's the other thing though too is a lot of i've seen comments on threads saying well we needed spider-man from supposed comic book fanboys and i'm like venom has had his own series off and on since 1993. Right. Where He's Spider-Man barely doesn't show up all the time at all. He has his own enemies. He has his own stories. Again, how do they maintain that in comics without Spider-Man? For the most part, there are, of course, crossovers and, you know, and stuff like that. But Venom exists without Spider-Man. That's kind of how his story, like, you know how this is set in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And obviously Spider-Man's in New York. In the origin, in the very first Venom limited series, he, he's in San Francisco. Like he moved out there to get away from Spider-Man and Which, to try to become a hero. So kind of similar. Yeah, he because they say he moved because he was he something was, happened in New York. Right. He whatever was happened. shamed or whatever in New right. York. Yeah, I mean, it was it was an enjoyable. The first half's a little bit garbage, but you only have to establish your character once. Right. So you only have to you only yeah. have to go through that the one time. Right. If they ever do another. Venom. I would love to see this Venom with. Tom Holland, Spider-Man, though. I would love this, to see that. It, I understood. What's his name? Tom. Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. I keep calling him Ed Hardy. Don't do that. Whatever. Tom Hardy. I understood him. And normally I can't. That dude is always like, hey, I'm Bane. 
and his <laughs> his vocals like if the dude just talks like, like something wrong with his mouth but he has really jacked up teeth i had no idea until this movie dude do a lot but it's very funny like he's funny he acts like he's he's a really built guy and you don't even notice it in this movie because when he becomes venom he's so giant yeah that suddenly ed hardy ed hardy oh my god <laughs> tom hardy tom. tom hardy tom hardy eddie brock see that's what's doing it to me is that because the character's name and i'm old right association becoming an issue um well, Tom Hardy but, is, he's not tall, though. No, but he is, he's built. Like, is he, is he, yeah. Oh, but they have that Eddie Brock character wearing so many bracelets. It's distracting. <laughs> but whatever. It's a, it's a decent, the second half of the movie is enjoyable. It's very enjoyable. Uh, yeah, there's a moment that, that I, I oh, knew the, the movie this had isn't your a spoiler. attention. This, is, this isn't a spoiler. Venom eats people. Like, you, you see that in the trailer. He, like, licks the guy's face, and he's like, I'm going to eat Yeah, they here. definitely implied in the trailer. Yeah, he eats people. So yeah. that's something that happens you in didn't, the movies. You didn't think that was going to happen, though? I wasn't expecting it when it happened. It happens in the movie. <laughs> was, like, he eats people. You did your meerkat thing in the theater. It was great. I was, because I the it. movie was so boring up until that point, and then once he starts eating people, the movie just, like, takes off from there and the rest of the movie is pretty enjoyable until the fight scene at the end which is kind of lame but that was the linchpin for you the, the eating yeah of once people, he starts eating people that's when you got like, on board no i think it was <laughs> there's a pretty funny scene when he starts to really become venom and like they really become like and 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 there's like a funny joke in the in the apartment where he's like we'll pile heads over here and bodies over here and it's like it's just very funny and like you really get to see that venom's funny like venom's a funny character and it, it's it, you really start to like, but the not at the expense of making the character. I don't know. It's funny, like like Deadpool, you know, sometimes when they try to make a character funny, it's like slapstick or no, it's stupid. Like, it's, it's just it's a relatable, likable character, basically. Yeah. And it's funny because he's an alien. And so he's a little out of his element here. Right. He's out of his element. And he's just and he's like, he just he eats people like that's part of what he yeah. does. He eats living things. Right. He like and he doesn't like. Dead so stuff. I really enjoyed it as a, as a. Hardcore Venom fan from back in the this day. This is not a spoiler cast. We're like no. 30 minutes in, and all okay. we're doing is talking about. I'm very excited because I, I didn't expect to like it. And especially being out. I, I think it's better than at least half of the MCU movies. I think it's better than Doctor Strange. I think it's better than the first two Thor movies. I think it's better than The Incredible Hulk. I think it's better than Iron Man 2 and 3. I think it's better than Black Panther. Like it's Whoa. it's better than Black Panther is so mediocre. Like it's very middle of the road. I, anyway, I don't what know. are those? <laughs> right. Oh, anyway, it's but it is it's better than about half of the MCU movies. Yeah. Which surprised the shit out of me. And and now I, I can't say, though, maybe part of it is because I love the character of Venom. You know, that has right. to be a factor. I'm guessing I don't I've never liked Doctor Strange. I don't give a shit about Doctor Strange. They could fucking cut Doctor Strange's head off in a movie. As much as I like Bender, what, what did you call him? Burlington, Burlington Co. Factory. Factory. Yeah. <laughs> as much as I like him as the character, I don't care about Doctor Strange. I don't even care about Thor still, even as, as great as Thor Ragnarok was. Thor Ragnarok is by far the best Thor. Yeah. And I still don't yeah. care about Thor. I just never have. It's it's never He's never interested me as, as a character. So if, if you're on the fence about seeing Venom, go check it out. Please leave a comment in our Facebook group and l l let me know if, what you thought of it. Because I, I think, I still think a lot of people 
are, are not going to like it. Like, I can't say across the board, this is a fantastic movie. No, Everybody's best gonna movie love is it. not going to be for everybody. And the, and the lack violent. of an R rating does hold it back. I, if they'd gone for the R rating with this, which is kind of the opposite of how I felt with Deadpool. I, I'm one of those weirdos who didn't think Deadpool necessarily needed an R rating. I love I love the violence. I, I don't mind swearing, obviously. However, I think a lot of the the swearing in Deadpool is just stupid. You know, some of the the things he says, because he's just constantly trying to be funny. Well, see, my and he issue, tries to be funny sometimes just by saying something. My issue with Deadpool is that kid who swears constantly. Yeah, where they no just they, they constantly it's throw that it's like that's just saying just saying a bad word isn't funny. You know yeah. what I mean? It's all about context and delivering it and can't all like be that. Twelve and be like just say fuck constantly when you don't know how to say fuck yet. <laughs> Like, learn how to say it before you start saying it all the time. But yeah, if you're on the fence about, about Venom, I'd recommend checking it out. Now, now there's this double-edged sword, though, because I'm, I was kind of hoping the movie would fail. However, it's exceeding box office expectations by a lot. Sony was estimating about $55 million opening, and it looks like it's going to do about 80 it, Despite the terribly negative reviews, it's doing the opposite of what Justice Ju- Justice League had better reviews, still crap reviews. That movie was projected to do over $100 million, and it didn't even hit $100 million. In its opening weekend, so it's kind of cool that word of mouth, at least, since these critics don't see. There, I, I did read some blurbs where critics were saying, well, "We don't know if, if we're laughing with the movie or at the movie," and it's very clear you're laughing with the movie. Those are right. intentional jokes. There's Those no unintentional jokes in there, as far as I can tell. Unless you're laughing at Mona Lisa Saperstein trying to be a doctor with two kids, that's pretty <laughs> ridiculous. Like, come on now. But the director, it's the director of Zombieland. You know, he has a dry, dark sense of humor. Yeah. So it, that's very much in line. So I, I guess a lot of critics just straight up didn't get fucking it. get it. They, they're they like, oh, I can't tell if I'm laughing with it or at it. You're laughing with it, you fucking idiots. Right. And that's my review. <laughs> There's my tagline for Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> You're laughing with it, you fucking idiots. Do, do you review on Rotten Tomatoes? One day. No, oh, you mean like as a user? No, no, yeah. no. I want to be like a critic, and I'm not gonna. I don't do user reviews. I hate those people. Like, uh, like this, I do it. You on are my platform. such an elitist. I I don't feel like I'm an elitist, and I know I've had this conversation before. However, people people go. However, on, I'm better than everyone else. No, 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 no. <laughs> what I was gonna say was, people go into user reviews with an agenda, and like apparently Lady Gaga's little monsters have been leaving shitty reviews for Venom to try to. Oh, to up her shit. To steer people to go see Lady Gaga's movie this weekend, which did, which is two completely different demographics. Like well, I right. said to my friend, I, I said if they Lady did a Gaga Venn a diagram movie. of Venom fans and Lady Gaga fans, it wouldn't look so much like a circle as it would a pair of tits. You right. know what I mean? Like right. if there's not a lot of crossover there. Your movie yeah. will do, and it, uh, that movie, Stars Born, is doing fantastic for its like number two, and it's made way more money than th- they thought it was going to make. It's doing fine, and it has nothing to do with her, to do with her fans. Yeah, it's a it's a different demographic. You you couldn't have two. You know what I mean? It'd be different if like Venom and Aquaman opened the same weekend. You know what I mean? You have two comic book Fuck movies. You got a divided Aquaman. fan base. There's no divided fan base. You know who's here. going to see Aquaman? All the horny 30, 40, 50 year old women. That's no. who's going to see Aquaman. That's why Aquaman will do okay. Is because comic book nerds will go see it. 
Right. But then so will a bunch of horny women because they are just like, ah, my husband I sucks. I understood and, that, though. Like, I, yeah, I just you're not in porn. the mom groups on Facebook. Like, just mom groups, mom groups on Facebook are all like, my husband's a fucking horse and Jason Mimosa is so great. <laughs> Jason Mimosa. <laughs> yeah, they're all like, all the horny old women or middle-aged women are like, he's fantastic. I want to see it for him. Like, that's why that There's movie's going to do well. There's a whole internet of free imagery of super that's hot dudes what, that's not what women doing all any kind of thing I'm women sure. are all just buying a bunch of dildos at parties together acting like they're so naughty and middle-aged women are so gross like that's why i don't like them who's an elitist now <laughs> I, give me back my fucking little neca toy leave me alone don't want to hang out with middle-aged women they're not those are not my people this is why i love you middle-aged women reasons. are fucking weird all right should we should probably do the podcast all right, podcast begin at 35 minutes. Who knew? <laughs> All right. You want to go first? You want me to go first? My shit's unsolved, and it's grisly as fuck. Do, do your shit. All right. My shit's grisly as fuck. It starts at 35 minutes. Here we Good. go. It's, it's, it's October. I'm, I'm down. It's grisly. All right. So. Trying to convince I have myself. another unsolved mystery because it's October, and I don't have a theme song for it. Mine's called The Hinterkaifeck. What? Unsolved mystery. Hinterkaifeck. It's German. Right. Hinter means behind. And Kaifeck was a town. Oh. It's a town. It's behind the town of. Anyway. Hinterkaifeck was a farmstead located in the woods outside the Bavarian town of Groburn, an hour's drive from Munich and a half mile behind or Hinter, the town of Kaifeck. It was the home of 35-year-old Victoria Gabriel and her two children, 7-year-old Kay Zilia and 2-year-old Joseph, as well as her elderly parents, Andreas, which is a man, and Kay Zilia, who's the elder, Gruber. I know you like the Grubers. <laughs> we did watch that, Die Hard with a Vengeance. That shit holds up. Oh, yeah, Die Hard 1 and 3 are really good. Yeah, that's a good movie. The family was known to keeping for, to themselves, and neighbors still grew concerned on April 1st, 1922, when young Kazelia missed school, and the entire family failed to show up for church, where Victoria was a member of the choir. So she missed school again on April 3rd, and by then, the mail for the family was piling up at the post office. So on April 4th, the family's neighbors decided to investigate. Lorenz Schittlenbauer. <laughs> you, you say Schittland? Yeah. So, you thought I was just going to let that go? Well, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. <laughs> he was a farmer. I don't care if you are. Just get he was a farmer <laughs> who lived nearby, and he led the search party. In the barn, the search party found four brutally battered bodies covered with hay. And inside the house, they discovered the bodies. Brutally battered bodies. I just like the alliteration there. Yeah, I do. Hard B sounds. <laughs> yeah. Hard K sounds. Inside the house, they discovered the bodies of the two-year-old Joseph and the maid, Maria Baumgartner. It had been Baumgartner's first day on the job. What a bad day at work, huh? Right. And the previous maid had abandoned her position due to her belief that the house was ha haunted. She just wanted to get out of Shitland Burger or whatever the hell it's called. Enter <laughs> Kfak. You said it was called Shitlinburger. No, that was the guy's last name of the farmer who led the search party. Oh, it was the guy's last name. Yeah. Shitlinburger. 
So, although more than 100 suspects were interviewed as recently <laughs> as 1986, an official suspect has never been named in the Hinterkaifeck murders, and it remains Germany's most famous unsolved mystery. The reason I'm covering this is because you bitch about murders and how you don't like them because their family remains. But this whole family died, so I thought you'd be fine because <laughs> everybody's dead. So oh, they're no all family. together just somewhere yeah, else. everybody's dead. All right, I'm on board. So, like, I was like, nobody's left to be sad about it. So everybody <laughs> died. I like that you go into your Squiscar impression. <laughs> yeah, I started to. And I, it sounds like I don't know how to talk. <laughs> but I'm doing Squizgar from uh, Metalocalypse if you... I don't actually pluralize things like that on my own. The reports from the family's autopsies conducted by court physician Dr. Johann Baptiste Amuller paint a horrifying burger. Johann Baptiste Amuller paint a horrifying picture of their injuries. The elder Cazelia um, shows signs of strangulation and seven blows to the head, which left her with a cracked skull. The face of her husband, Andreas, was caked with blood and his cheekbones protruded from shredded flesh and Victoria's skull was also smashed. And her head showed nine star-shaped wounds. The right side of her face had been hit with a blunt object. Younger because... Nine star-shaped wounds? Yes. She got bludgeoned with a star? No, it was a pickaxe with a star end. Oh. Yeah. Um, the younger Cazilia's lower jaw had been shattered and her face and neck were covered in gaping circular wounds. Investigators also discovered that Cazilia had clumps of hair in her hands and bald patches on her head, causing them to conclude she had ripped out her own hair. They theorized that she probably didn't die right away and that she tore out her own hair as she laid terrified and dying next to the corpses of her mother and grandparents in the barn for several hours. This, this doesn't make me feel good at all. I don't like this story at all. I thought you'd like it because everybody was dead. That's that's everybody sad. died. That's sad. But nobody was alive to mourn them. That's okay. what you like. <laughs> Is that what I like? Well, you you said you don't like murder because people were their survivors. So according to the police, the seven year old girl had been alive but fatally injured and she was dying in the bar surrounded by the dead bodies of her family and then the killers went inside the house and murdered the housekeeper and then two-year-old joseph your upbeat tone is so at odds with what you're saying right now <laughs> it's really throwing me for a loop keep going i like it <laughs> i like it i like what you're doing there so elder Cazilia, andreas and victoria died instantly and from the expertly delivered blows from and this is where we find out what it is it's a mattock. It's a pickaxe-like tool used for digging and chopping. And autopsy found that younger Cazilia remained alive and in shock for several hours. That's when she was ripping her hair out. So inside the farmhouse, little Joseph and the maid were murdered, right? So they were killed by crosswise blows to the head. Joseph was killed by a heavy blow to his face, and he was in his cot in Victoria's room. Like the bodies in the barn, theirs were also covered. Maria's with sheets and Joseph with one of his mother's dresses. The farm animals and a Pomeranian watchdog. Who the hell gets a Pomeranian as a watchdog? It's like, mm, this seven pound dog should be fine. They were all unharmed. So, I, again, important, important to Watchdog, know. not the Pomeranian, not a good And then chillingly, system. they were taken care of and fed for several days. Oh. So they were cared for until... Until the discovery. The days that passed between the murder and the discovery, the animals were all fed and cared for. 
Are you hearing this? I am. I'm just trying to okay. think. Like, so they they were, they weren't feeding on their owners or anything. No. Hmm. Someone remained. The killers remained at the farm after gotcha. killing them to take care of the pets. To to take care of the animals until the people were found. What year was this? 1922. Oh, okay. So this was the other because I'm trying to like, why would you do that? Did they steal anything? No. Okay. Well, hold on. No, they didn't. But police initially suspected vagrants and traveling men of ill repute, but tossed the theory out because large sums of money were found within the house. So nothing was stolen. Here's my theory. I don't know. There's weird shit. So I have more to tell you. All right. Well, just with the information I have, I'm guessing this was a road rage incident. Did they have road rage in 1922? No, hold on. There's more. (laughs) 1922. I don't know. Like was was like four cars on the road. Like was I don't I don't know I don't know my history very well. I don't either. So I feel like this is something I would do. No, I get so listen, angry with road listen, rage that I, don't I would think go you to would, someone's listen. house and then murder their whole family. And but then, then be like, oh, they have puppies. So now I have to stay here and take care of the animals until somebody finds them. Besides the bodies and the hay and the bed sheets, nothing was disturbed. But the, the killer clearly remained at the farm for several days, feeding the animals, eating meals, lighting fires in the hearth. And when police questioned the maid about why she believed it was haunted, she said she came to that conclusion after hearing sounds in the attic for many months. Hmm. And, and the unsettling feeling that she was being watched. Andreas did not believe the maid. But he, too, had confided in the neighbors that something strange had been happening in the days before the murders. The newspaper that he did not buy was found in his home, and he did see a set of footprints leading up to his home from the forest, but nothing leaving. Hmm. Nobody at Hinterkaifeck knew who the footprints belonged to. To make matters even stranger, one of the family's two sets of keys disappeared Shortly before the murder, combined with the footprints in the woods, the sound in the attic and the smoking chimney in the days following the crime, it paints a pretty horrifying picture of a killer who had been planning and taking up residence before and after the murder. I was going to say, so this is somebody who was planning it living in the attic. Yeah. Wow. And waiting to bounce. Now, here's here's a couple more weird shit. All right. So Victoria, this was the mom of the kids and the daughter of the old people. She was a widow. Her husband had died in World War One, and the parentage of her son Joseph, the two-year-old, remains a mystery to this day. The Shitlinburger guy. Yeah. That's she Love had a relationship ship with him, and that's the guy who led the the search party. And they together they publicly referred to Joseph as their child. Hmm. However. They planned to get married. They they act, they were together. But Andreas, the father, ended their relationship, made them made them stop. And and Schittlenberger got married to somebody else. Is that really his name? Yes. Schittlenberger. He married somebody else. They had a baby. The baby died. Seven years before the murder, Andreas and Victoria were convicted of incest in 1915. Hmm. She served one month in jail for the crime and her father was sent away to jail for a year. So Joseph may be the son of Schittlenberger, but he also may be the son of Andreas Gruber because she kind of fucks her dad a little bit. How old was she? 35. Oh, so she knew what she was doing. Oh, yeah. She had a. Yeah. 
So she fucked her dad a little bit. Um, <laughs> yeah. So the true identity of Joseph's father, but that doesn't really explain the killer living in the attic, coming in from the woods. But it could have been Schillenberger. Right. But Schillenberger was one of the suspects. So in 1999, an elderly woman contacted authorities <laughs> claiming. I was going to say, my topic is Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> and I'm just over here trying not to do a fucking Beavis and Butthead laugh every time you say Schillenberger. <laughs> <laughs> he said Schillenberger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 1999, an elderly woman contacted authorities claiming her former landlord admitted to having information about the Hinterkaifeck killings. The officials investigated the tip and learned that the landlord had made this claim in 1935, but it was too late because he was dead. <laughs> <laughs> so, in, delivery. In, <laughs> he was dead with a little hand wave. She had a hand wave there too, like she was Vanna I was, White. I was like, dead. My disentice you, death. <laughs> Finally, my last note, because this is unsolved, so I don't have an ending for this. In yeah. 2007, more than 80 years after the Gruber family finally changed his name to just Shitland. No, he's super. <laughs> he's super dead, dude. This was this was, you know, he was he was old. He was in his 30s in, in 1922. He's fucking dead. You didn't get my joke, man. Like he changed his name, but he, he, he just took the burger off, not the shit. Oh, <laughs> I was talking over him. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> I missed your my shit. Joke. Shitland. Shitland. In 2007, more than 80 years after the Gruber family and their maid were killed, students at the German police academy used modern techniques to investigate the unsolved case. The students ruled out all but one suspect that they believe committed the murder at the Hinterkaifeck farm. However, the suspected killer is dead, so they cannot publicly name the person responsible for the massacre out of respect for the suspect relatives. So they know who killed the guy, killed him, but they uh, can't prove it, so therefore they can't name him. Hmm. Yeah. Alrighty then. So that's my shit. I did it in 12 minutes. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's fast. I did it. I purposely did it fast. I didn't want to engage because we wasted so much time talking about Venom. Well, the cool thing about podcasts is that people just turn them off if they run out of time and then come back if they so choose. Yeah. But yeah, Shitlinburger. Shitlinburger probably didn't do it, I guess. I don't know. But somebody somebody was living upstairs and like... They should make a, they should make a horror movie out of that. They, you know what I mean? They might have. I didn't look into that. But they but. should, though. That, that's a good premise. Pretty, it's I mean, they've done solid. similar premises, but, the, but to I actually like, base it on that would be really that, cool. That wasn't the topic I was originally going to do either. Yeah. I'm saving the one I was originally going to do, I think, for the closer to Halloween episode. But like okay. when I when I was reading that story, Shit I was like, I was like, Sean will like this. He hates it when it's a murder and their surviving family. This whole family died. <laughs> Like, it's not that's not the only reason I don't like murder. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just like I said, I just for whatever reason, I just project, I, I put myself in the situation. Well, don't worry, you'd be dead too. See, we'd all be dead, and, but the dogs would live, so you'd be fine. That's, so you were happy. You imagine with that. the terror of someone coming in into our your attic, or, well, that or you know, just breaking into your house and you know, you're asleep or whatever before you even have time to react. He's just hacking people up in front, you know what I mean? It doesn't happen instantly. Yeah, you know, no, that that's, sucks. It's all it's all bad. Yeah, but then it ends with you being dead. So I mean, what are you gonna like do? It. You know, I just don't like murder. <laughs> yeah, you really don't. I just don't. <laughs> don't like you're taking it. a hard stance on that, huh? Taking a hard stance on the murder. You're just you're just anti-murder. I am. It's a weird thing to be this day and age. It is. You really shouldn't take a hard stance on anything in this current political climate. Well, no, you're you're supposed you're supposed to take hard stances on things. 
but only that's certain a, things that are that's a virtue signaling. Yes, that's the Logan told me that when I said when I used the term virtue signaling that I sounded like a like an uh, alt right. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Virtue signaling is just people going on like Twitter and talking about or usually like, shaming someone in right uh, while saying how good they are. It's like, dude, just going on Twitter and saying how good you are doesn't make you a good person. Right. Fuck off. All right. So as I said, I'm going to continue my love affair with all things 90s. Uh, I'm, I'm going to discuss the MTV series Beavis and Butthead created by Mike Judge. Let it's been just, a great week here in this in the Isley household. We've watched a lot of Beavis and Butthead. Doesn't it hold up really well? It holds up so well. I did not Shockingly expect that. Shockingly well. I did. I because I haven't watched it. I, I watched a little bit of the revival in 2011 and I did enjoy it. I just I don't remember much from it. But I, I I'm surprised. I don't know why I'm surprised because Mike Judge is one of my favorite creative people out there from Beavis and Butthead to King of the Hill to Office Space to Idiocracy, that movie Extract to Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley is fantastic, too. Yeah, I, I just I love his sense of humor. He's clearly a really smart, funny guy, period. Aware. He's very aware. Yeah. And he's one of the and I, I like that. He I guess you would call it woke nowadays. No, no, no. I call it aware. No, nah, woke is when they. I I think he's one of the more sensible people, like Joe Rogan, where he's very middle. You know what I mean? He, he doesn't very, lean he, extremely left or yeah, extremely he's very, right. He's very he's aware of what's like, going on. Yeah, and sensible. Yeah, woke is you know people that read feminist books to their six month old and think that the yeah, that's something I read this week that that's a thing. Somebody, <laughs> your face right now is killing me. <laughs> Like you just you look confused and angry. <laughs> so, yeah, some woman a few years back, she worked for like BuzzFeed or something, wrote a book. Yeah, she's rolling her eyes now. <laughs> the infamous Maggie eye roll. She worked for BuzzFeed. She wrote a book, a children's book to raise your your daughter's, you know, woke AF or whatever. Everybody fuck off. Yeah. So while you're trying to listen, while, while you have this thing that is shitting and pissing in a diaper, you're also supposed to be teaching it feminist values and about social gender constructs and all that kind of stuff. It's a picture book. Yeah, I saw that. Like I said, it's been out for a couple of years. And I, I, I just stumbled across it somehow on accident. I don't go looking for stuff like this at all. I don't know how I end up. See, it's probably on Kotaku or something, which is a, a video game website. Just let's the idea just, of that made me talk, laugh. Let's just talk. No, about I just, about the that. idea of that made me laugh because it's like, cause I, you know, I remember raising our, our boys, you yeah. know, when they were babies and, and to toddlers and all that stuff. You're literally trying to teach them that they can't absorb food through the skin on their face, that it has to go in their mouth. You know what I mean? You know <laughs> like what you're you really trying think, to teach them? We're trying to teach them not to rub poop on it, right. other people. You think they're going to grasp any kind of this stupid thinking from berkeley or wherever you're busy trying to fucking play baby mozart so you make them smarter and it's like right. i don't think it worked i mean meanwhile they're they're shoving their little kick cereal in their nostrils you know I mean? right like, <laughs> they're busy trying to kill themselves every which way they can <laughs> right. and it's like god damn it but you got it you got and you know she says like it's never too early to it, yeah it is it is too early <laughs> it's never too early to teach them how to be feminists it's like you know what i'm trying to get my kid not to kill itself on accident <laughs> right uh, good lord back to beavis and butthead all right this is uh this little bit a lot of this stuff i'm reading is from a mental floss article yeah that's where most of my shit came from mental floss is the best we love you mental floss well i just google shit and see what looks and most good. of it comes from mental floss because they're fantastic i do a lot of wikipedia or i watched a bunch of documentaries this week about the beavis and the butthead so that that was a lot none of, fun. of my shit came from wikipedia this week 
Not a not a single word. All right. So on March 8th, 1993, Beavis and Butthead debuted on MTV. It was not. That's not where it started, though. It actually started on a show called Liquid Television. Do you remember Liquid Television? I do. What do you remember about Liquid Television? I remember when I saw the little intro. Yeah. I remember that. I remember. Well, I remember. Here's what I remember. Eon Flux. I think everybody remembers Eon I Flux. Remember that. And then what's that? Oh, I forgot that guy's name. There's an animator that would be on there sometimes, and he was fascinating. He would draw these really grotesque people, and they would, like, morph into other people. Yeah, I remember You know what I'm talking about? I forget that guy's name. God damn it. That pisses me off. I don't even know how to look him up. I do remember seeing Beavis and Butthead in the infamous Frog Baseball. Now, I was not enamored with this at first. Like, apparently a lot of people were. Apparently Apparently. people loved the Frog Baseball thing and the character. I like the characters or whatever. Yeah, they got their own show. It it's, it aired in uh, March of 1993, but it started on this uh, liquid television, in case you don't know, for our younger viewers. MTV used, uh, the M in MTV stands for music. You might not know that if you are a current MTV viewer, from what I understand, but they don't play music anymore. They stopped doing it probably 15 years ago. <laughs> I, I don't know exactly when. The M in MTV was for music, and they played a lot of music videos, but they would have a small selection of shows. And this was before they even had reality shows and stuff like that. And they were kind of cool offbeat shows. And one of them was Liquid Television. It was like an animation showcase for up and coming independent animators. This was before you have to realize if you're if you're young and listening, you have to realize this was before South Park. Yeah, yeah, way before before, South Park and way before YouTube and the Internet and and all that stuff. Family Guy. And this was before after Simpsons. This is after Simpsons. But this was before like animation was mainstream, like adult animation was. This was before like Adult Swim. This was before animation was mainstream for adults. This. Well, yeah, this particular show anyway, or just teenagers, teenagers and adults. Yeah, because like Mission Hill wasn't like all the adult shows that you think of for animation. Yeah. They weren't really out. Like the Oblongs wasn't out yet. Like right. Mission Hill uh, wasn't out Space yet. Space Ghost Coast Coast. Space Ghost Coast Coast. Um, they didn't have Adult Swim at the time. Yeah. That wasn't, it wasn't a thing. Out. It wasn't out. You didn't have your Rick and Morty stuff. This this was all before before that. Yeah. So Simpsons was probably like the edgiest animation on TV at that point. And it was I because think. my mom wouldn't even let me have uh, I'm Bart Simpson, Who the Hell Are You shirt. Like I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons. Because of that shirt? My aunt, yes, because my aunt let her son my cousin have that shirt and my mom i have that shirt yeah you do have that shirt well my mom was like i can't believe she like she was so judgmental about it right and i wasn't even allowed to watch the show yeah because my mom could not believe my aunt let my cousin have it (laughs) like she was just so you got punished for that right and my mom's only 17 years older than me my mom had me in high school somewhere between her junior and senior year like calm down like you are not that old (laughs) (sighs) <sighs> All right, so the creator, Mike Judge, he went from teaching himself animation and playing bass for Anson Funderburg and the Rockets, which I don't, I don't, I think it was like a jazz blues kind of band. I think he played like upright bass for them. I've seen. Oh, he played like video. bass bass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like not electric. So he, he went from playing bass for this little band to teach himself animation and having one of his cartoons played on the on liquid television. His cartoon short, Milton, which was the origin of the mm-hmm. character Milton from the movie Office Space, appeared in a 1991 episode, which I did not. I don't I don't know if I ever saw that. I've heard of that. I knew. I mean, I, I know that now because of 
office space and everything. Yeah. I know that's where, but I don't know that I, I don't remember seeing that on liquid television. No, it I didn't stay ten, with me like 10. the frog baseball. Yeah. So after that, MTV then paid judge for the rights to the two characters and then ordered 65 four minute cartoons. Factoid number two, MTV pulled the show soon after it began. <laughs> so shortly after greenlighting Beavis and Butthead, MTV had to halt production. Not because of any controversy, but because Judge and his animation staff couldn't keep up with the demand for new material, which I saw this when I was watching the interviews with, with Mike Judge. He's like, so, you know, he made this deal. He was terrified at the amount of episodes they wanted. But of course, you're not going to turn that down. That's work in, right. the, in a field you want to you want to work in. And they they aired on March 8th in 1993. They had like two episodes. And that was it. <laughs> That's like all they had. And they just kept replaying them. But the ratings kept going up. For each replay of the show, it would just get higher and higher and they would come to him with a number and they'd be like, oh, it's at a 1.8. It's at a 2.5. And he's like, I don't know what the fuck any of that means, right. but I he's guess like, it's cool. good. Yeah. And it, and it was good. It was very good stuff. He's like, oh, well, normally in that slot, we had like a 0.5. And this is this is for people who haven't. It's so weird. to I, I feel weird talking to people as if they've never seen Beavis and Butthead because I feel like it's it's ubiquitous. You know, it's om, omnipresent. It's just, everybody's seen Beavis and Butthead, right? But maybe not. I mean, yeah, I never know who's listening, right? Our kids didn't until you showed it to them. Right. Like, they, they didn't know. They would have, so basically, they would, they would have these short, I, th I would run for about a half hour, come on at like 10 o'clock at night, be on for a half hour, and there would be probably like eight minutes of Beavis and Butthead, like the cartoon, but then there would be these segments where they would watch these music videos that MTV would air at the time, the you know, and, and kids know what music videos are. They still make those for some reason. I don't yeah, know why. Well, because they're on YouTube. Yeah. yeah. So like regular music videos and then they would do voiceover. Right. And so Beavis and Butthead and Mike Judge was the voice of Beavis and Butthead and, and a lot of the characters on the show. Yeah. Mike Judge is the voice of Hank Hill and King of the Hill. Like, right. That's and Mike a lot Judge. of characters on that show as well. Like he, he does. He does a ton of different voices. He would. He would record dialogue as Beavis and Butthead, and they, they would watch music videos. And Be Beavis and Butthead were mostly into, like, heavy metal and some rap music, and then they would make fun of everything else. But sometimes they'd make fun of even the metal videos, too, because they were just cheesy and bad. But they would watch everything at the time. Yeah. Uh, he actually improvised most of the dialogue during the, uh, the music video. So he, he voiced, like I said, almost all the characters on the show. He opted to add to his workload by winging it when it came to Beavis and Butthead's opinions on music. Time was saved on the animation for the music video commentaries by having an editor take footage from earlier episodes and sync it up with new mouth positions. Since they're just sitting on a couch, I was like, ah. It's not a bad idea. Very, very budget conscious. Beavis and Butthead were named after kids that lived in Mike Judge's neighborhood. Like, you remember growing up with somebody named Butthead? No. No. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't either. So, but anyway. Like, I guess you have nicknames for people. Right. Like... I have an aunt that we call Butta Butt. Butta Butt. Her okay. Name's, her name's Bernadette. Yeah. And like her siblings, my aunts, they're all very mean. They're mean people. Yeah. They call her Butta Butt. Butta Butt. So anyway, Bobby Beavis was kind of <laughs> an athlete. <laughs> That's actually someone's last name. Apparently. Beavis. He was kind of an athletic kid that lived three blocks from Judge while he was in college. But not wonder, similar to the character. I wonder if you'd be think that Beavis was that kind of a name if we hadn't seen Beavis and Butthead. Right. You wouldn't. No. You know what I mean? You just you think more like beavers or something. Uh, he, he was not similar to the character on the show. There was also a 12-year-old who called himself Iron Butt because he claimed to never get injured from a kick to the butt. He had a friend called who he would call Butthead. 
So that's yeah, just the, Beavis yeah. and Butthead. But on the show, that's like they're given names. Like, right. <laughs> that's Butthead's actual name. That's the name he gives right, when, when he goes like, somewhere and has to sign in. And the people are just like, okay, you don't have to use your real name. It's fine. So this is this is interesting to me. That I don't know if you remember this, but there's a lot of controversy. Because I don't remember, know if you remember, but Beavis especially was infatuated with fire. Like, fire, fire. Yeah. In October of 1993, a five-year-old boy, five-year-old boy, Set, Who shouldn't be watching the show. Set fire to his Ohio home, which killed his two-year-old sister. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Their mother claimed that Beavis's fire-making and blatant spoken love of arson were responsible. Well, so, then she's a terrible parent who lets their kids... Let's her five-year-old watch. However, they also found out she didn't even have cable anyway. That was the kicker. Is like she didn't... The, the show didn't even air in their trailer. Oh, they had a trailer? Yeah, if I Trailers remember correctly. Trailers go up like that yeah. because it's all yeah. dried wood and that paneling. So MTV's quick response was to only air the show after 10.30 p.m. and to wipe all fire references from all of the previous episodes. Aw. So only people who taped the episodes on the VCRs have proof of it. So fire was banned for the rest of the series' original VCR. run. But it was allowed again. It was in the movie, and it was allowed again in 2011. Now, here's what's funny about that is there's little references to fire on the show after that, but like subtle because they weren't allowed to. So they worked at I forget what the restaurant they worked at was, but it was like a McDonald's type fast food restaurant, burger restaurant. And they would have to, you know, dip the French fries. So Beavis would be like, fryer, fryer. <laughs> so you'd get you get little references. And there was one point where Beavis is like, liar, liar, pants on. Oh, whoa. <laughs> like he just you know, he almost said it yeah, it's like just little, yeah. little references to it. I think it's fucked up, though. Like, how can you still blame media for shit like that? Really had nothing to do with the fact that your five year old had access to fucking inflammatory. Right. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> like. You leave lighters, Matt. It, it, they're probably, I'm guessing, a smoking family. So they're probably yeah. lighters or something yep. like that. Or they blamed the five year old. Who the fuck knows? You know what I mean? Like that sucks. You can't blame a TV show. I have shown our kids all kinds of terrible things. Not a five. What do we? Well, SpongeBob. But anyway, <laughs> SpongeBob, who manages to light fire under the sea. Right. You can't. You have to be a responsible parent. You can't blame a fucking TV show. Because your house goes up in flames. This is one of my favorite things here. So this show, of course, was very controversial. And again, this is early 90s. You had this fire thing. As always, people would see something like this, just like your mom with The Simpsons. And they immediately are like, this is terrible. This is the decline of Western civilization. When in fact, it's a commentary on current events, almost. You know what I mean? Like Mike Judge's whole stance was, you know, this is... What could happen to our kids? They could become these fucking idiots, and they're probably in their art. Everybody has known kids like Beavis and Butthead. You know right. what I mean? That are just dumb and laugh at stupid shit all the time. Are just terrible. To but be most around. kids, if they're being honest, are gonna identify more with the Daria character. Yeah, you know what I mean? Who's just like you guys are fucking idiots. So anyway, so back then, you know, there's big uproar. Anything that gets popular, and conservative folks immediately think it's the devil. And it's going to cause all kind of problems. So a senator once referred to Beavis and Butthead as Buffcoat and Beaver. I'm sorry. So soon after the fatal fire incident, uh, Senator Ernest Hollings, a Democrat from South Carolina, spoke at a Senate hearing as chairman of the Senate Commerce, Science and Transportation Committee. 
Hollings attempted to argue that TV broadcasters need to be forced to clamp down on their offensive programming and use the most controversial show at the time as a specific example. And of course, we, you know, Buffcoat and Beaver <laughs> being the most popular show at the time. <laughs> Shit. Just, oh, I hate the government. Oh my God. <laughs> kind of shit makes you hate old people. And I, I am an old person, which is weird, you know? So yeah, a little bit you of self-hate in there. the old people are though? are like, that's not the old people I'm hating on. I'm not hating on Eminem. I'm hating on fucking the people who just voted Baby boomers? In. Is it baby boomers? <laughs> it's baby boomers and the silent generation. Those are the people I'm hating on. The what? The silent, silent generation. What's that? That's the ones before the baby boomers. Those are the oh. ones who were taught to be seen and not heard. Those oh. are the... Those I are, thought that was the greatest generation. No, that's the ones before that. Those oh, are the wow. ones who were in World War II. Oh, okay. That's... I... I can't stand the assholes who are voting in Kavanaugh. I can't stand. I can't. I didn't even want to talk about that because that's so upsetting. Like I don't, don't want to. That's that's shocking. Okay. Okay. Back to Beavis and Butthead. Everything's great. Everything's fine. All right. So uh, another little tidbit. Prison officials in Oklahoma banned the show. So. Yeah. Because that's the worst thing going on in a prison. Right. Uh, there were also documented reports of South Dakota schools outlawing Beavis and Butthead related clothing. So yeah. does that mean they don't allow Metallica shirts or ACDC shirts? Because that's that's <laughs> right. really dead clothing. What about winger shirts? Uh, Matt Groening was a fan of the show, creator of The Simpsons and Futurama and all that good stuff. So was uh, David Letterman. Yes, uh, I was getting to that. Anyway, the creator of The Simpsons claimed that he liked the show because it took the heat off Bart Simpson being <laughs> responsible for the downfall of Western civilization. <laughs> I didn't know it actually said that. I didn't actually read that down far down. So when I said downfall of Western civilization, I was actually thinking about the Penelope Spheres movies that, that she made. Anyway. I just think it's funny that he was like someone. Uh, oh, I said decline. That's what those movies are called. Sorry. I just think it's funny that he was like someone to. uh <laughs> yeah right take away take away from Bart my bad reputation right and just kind of sh shoulder the burden with me so yeah but as, as you were saying uh, David Letterman was actually a big fan of the show and I guess he wasn't actually a big fan of animation but he he was a fan of the show and he actually played he, he played a Motley Crue roadie in the movie who is most likely Butthead's dad like they don't ever actually say it outright but it's very much implied and and he voiced that character and he also did some bits on his show or for the Oscars or whatever and stuff like that. That's one thing that I really liked then is that people I respected liked Beavis and Butthead. You know what yeah. I mean? Because the, the quick thing like with the senator and stuff is they're just like, oh, it's for morons. No, no, it's about morons. You know right. what I mean? It's not. <laughs> and I'm not saying morons can't enjoy it, but there's there's some really clever and intelligent stuff going on behind the scenes. Right. And in the writing and stuff, there's some very clever jokes on the show, as you know, I was showing you this week, <laughs> like it's the really writing funny. really holds up. Um, it's very it's actually it holds up great and not a lot of things to do. I mean, 30 Rock holds up great. Seinfeld holds up great. Seinfeld holds up surprisingly well, despite the laugh track, which I fucking hate laugh yeah. tracks. But I feel like they almost disregard it. You know, when you watch some shows, they. They really wait for the audience to shut up. And sometimes they do, but sometimes they'll just start in their lines. But I always yeah. hate that when you're just waiting for the audience to, to quiet down. It just takes me right out of the fucking show. Seinfeld holds up really great. That's shocking. So according to this uh, Mental Floss article, Beavis almost said something too clever. 
1993, Mike Judge told the New York Times that one of the big challenges of the show was to keep the two in character and therefore dumb. An original line had Beavis telling his classmates that they had Beavis envy because he received a school pass. <laughs> it was cut because it almost made the 14-year-old with the underbite too smart. <laughs> So I always liked about the show, though. There's they're always implying that Beavis is actually intelligent. Yeah. Like, but he he's so socially inept and because he wants Butthead's approval. Yeah. So much. He just kind of dumbs himself down and he's clearly the beta to Butthead's alpha. Right. But there's these moments where he's actually really intelligent and then Butthead slaps him or says something and he goes back to being an idiot. And I, I always liked that, that the Beavis was actually, you know, he. He actually had it. Butthead is just a fucking idiot through and through. Right. <laughs> and Beavis is more just wants to be accepted by him and be his friend. Uh, in 2011, Judge admitted to cheating, quotes, and probably making them smarter than they are during the music video commentaries, which those are some of my favorite things. That's that's the problem with the there's all this. A lot of these episodes are on home video. Mike Judge, they, they've released four collections are called the Mike Judge Collection. The first three are from the original uh, 93 to 96 or however long it aired the first three volumes and then the volume four is from the 2011 like resurrection of the show but he put these collections and they're called the mike judge collection because they're episodes he selected and he said he, he's always thought of the show as he thought a third of them were great or, or, or good and mm -hmm. he thought a third of them were okay and he thought a third of them sucked so he put the two-thirds that he thought were, you know, good, good and, and acceptable. Yeah. So there's a lot of missing stuff there, unfortunately. But it's funny, though, because when, when you were watching it, I would watch it. I was like, I remember this. Like, yeah. I remember oh, yeah. these episodes. Well, I was watching with Logan the other. That's the other thing, too. I, I showed them to our, our sons who are of prime Beavis and Butthead. Right. They're age. literally they're teenagers. They're sophomore and junior. Yeah. In high school. And they were laughing their asses off. And Logan's like, he's like, you couldn't have this on TV today. And I'm like, well, maybe you, you should have it on TV. Today. But I mean, they have Rick and Morty. They have some, you know, kind of stuff like that. That's not necessarily uh, PC, you know, but we were, we were PC watching the other day. And I remembered the episode we were watching is when Beavis and Butthead encounter a prostitute, but she's not really a prostitute. She's an undercover cop. And she's she's trying to get them to say they want to pay her for sex. But she can't just say, hey. You right know, what i'm a prostitute yeah. but they're beavis but it so they're just laughing the whole time anytime she implies anything they're just laughing and their eyes are getting bigger yeah and everything and she gets them up to the hotel room and eventually she and like she's wearing a wire and these other cops are listening from a van and they're like come on damn it just say you want to pay for sex just say you want to pay for sex and they're just like you want to do it you know they're saying all these other euphemisms or whatever and finally she's like look do you want to pay for sex or not? And then the cops come running in like that. That's entrapment. You can't say that. And then, you know, Beavis and Butthead still like, whoa, you're a cop. I'll tell these other cops to leave so we can do it. And like, and then they walked down the hallway and like, I this is the part I remember from the episode. And like, I, I was, I was on lunch and, and Logan was out here. And I, I was like, I was like, this is my favorite part. And then as we're walking down the hallway, but it's like, huh. We were going to pay for sex. <laughs> like, like, really clever stuff going on there. Is yeah. It, I remembered that part of the episode, and I do remember other episodes, because they would air that show constantly, you yeah, know? It was always on. And they would do the Marathons and all that kind of stuff. It was like it was like how SpongeBob is now. <laughs> right. It you was could just always on watch. All the time. But yeah. anyway, what I was saying before, though, about the, the home video collections is they don't have the music video segments. In, in interspliced in between. They do have like bonus material, like 10 or 11 common 
or music videos with the Beavis and Butthead commentary as bonus material, but due to the cost of right copyright, and yeah, and, and they'd have to pay to these artists to get their videos and stuff. And that's a shame because that's some of the funniest shit that I remember is from the music video stuff. Yeah. And plus, that's just talking. I, I got introduced to bands because of Beavis. That's how White Zombie blew up. I don't yeah. know if anybody remembers that, and, but Rob Zombie does. I saw an interview with him with Larry King, and he was like, dude, we, we were selling, you know, a couple thousand albums a week. And then Beavis and Butthead watched one of our videos and we were doing like 30,000, 50,000 you know, like they blew up from that, which yep. is awesome, you know, and I'm not they, they probably would have made it on their own eventually anyway. But the exposure you could get on Beavis and Bud, it could also, though, the flip side of that was if they didn't like your video <laughs> and the example would be this uh, this hair metal band winger, which and, and as somebody who was a fan of hair metal, now hair metal was very out of vogue at this point. But <laughs> you said vogue uh, style. I don't know. Anyway, but I like, you know, I loved hair metal. Right up until I, you know, probably up right up until Nirvana and Pearl Jam and all that stuff. And it just made it seem very juvenile and childish. But there was a band called Winger named after the lead singer Kip Winger. Can't imagine that's his real last name. Maybe it is. I don't know. But even even as somebody who liked hair metal, them like Winger was like cheesy for hair metal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's <laughs> like, like next level cheesy. Yeah, it was it was cheesy even for hair metal. So they had this little dorky neighbor kid who just who looked up to be as a butthead. And of course, he wore a T-shirt that said winger on it. And apparently there were there were times where Beavis and Butthead would watch winger videos and Kip Winger called MTV and was like, I don't want you guys. I don't want winger on Beavis and Butthead anymore. And then Mike Judge heard about this like third hand and he went to his bosses and he's like, can we not? Did somebody say we can't have winger on anymore? And they're like, no. He's like, so, of course, we put as much winger on as possible after that. <laughs> uh, that's such a dick move. But <laughs> that's great though. Like they, they got they got through to that guy. Like your music sucks. Uh, Beavis and Butthead said so. Like Beavis and Butthead said your music sucks and uh Stuart wears your shirt. Alright, so they had a movie in I think it was ninety five, ninety six. It was when I was in high school, yeah. So it was I mean that time frame. Really good movie. Open number one. I was 96. Or no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was 96. Because the next year, they had the, it came out in December. It was the highest opening for a December movie ever at the time. Until the next year when Titanic came out. Which apparently that did a little better. But uh, good movie, good soundtrack. The show ended due to creative burnout. So in 1997, toward the end of the show's original run, Judge was running on empty actually wanted to stop a little sooner, he, t he told the Los Angeles Times. We've done over 200 episodes since 1993. After a second season, I thought, how are we going to do this anymore? I was completely burnt out. I got a second wind in season three and again in season five, but I don't know. You, you, you do it as fast as you can, get it on the air as fast as you can, and there's never a break. I felt like, why not retire before it gets too stale or whatever, which is great. You shouldn't just keep pumping yeah, it out. Yeah, absolutely. It's like Flight of the Concords. Like, you should absolutely. Right. Or 30 Rock, even. If your yeah. heart's not in it. Just for be whatever, done. Whatever. Just be done when you're done, man. Yeah. Just, when you decide you're done, pack it in. Don't keep putting it out. Don't be like friends where it's like everybody's married and having kids with people. It's like, ugh. What, what I like, though, too, is that fucking what, what, I don't, for whatever theory. reason, MTV was like, yeah, that's fine. So if they even if they had the rights... They still let Mike because sometimes, they'll, you know, like, like you have a contract. Yeah. Like, you know, Steven Hillenberg and, and SpongeBob, he just sold them SpongeBob and they just have anybody. You know what I mean? They're going to yeah. keep 
they're still making SpongeBob, apparently. Yeah. Who knew? Oh, yeah. SpongeBob's still coming out. But yeah, but the the creatives are gone, and or like The Simpsons. Simpsons has gone on way too long. You know what Simpsons I mean? And I love like, The Simpsons. Seasons like twenty seven or yeah, it, and it's 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 not the worst or anything, but it definitely isn't. You know, the first ten seasons were definitely the halcyon days there. Yeah. But anyway, the, the whole reason I wanted to do Beavis and Butthead is because. I posted that thing where I, I wanted everybody to kind of just post the first book or movie or whatever that they remembered buying with their own money. And when I that's the first book I remember buying was the Beavis and Butthead. This book sucks, which was hilarious. Yeah. But uh, and how so that's really embarrassing if that's true. I, I, I don't know. I, that's what I remember being the first book that I bought right. myself. Right. Like it's a, that's really but it's, it's also a really funny book. It made me look up Beavis and Butthead and like, oh, I wonder how this if this holds up at all and it, and it really does so it's not really on any streaming services unless you buy it which kind of sucks dude i think beavis and butthead have had a huge influence too it's not just in animation we, we, we matt stone and trey parker were talking about it a lot of guys you know looked up to that show or whatever but even in you know the way beavis and butthead like earlier when you know with the shitland burger stuff like yeah. a lot of jokes are made now that are of the of the quality of of, of of what Beavis and Butthead found funny. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, that's, it's, it's weird. Like, that stupidity well, that has sounds been like perba- even, pervasive. Even 30 Rock. Like, Liz yeah. Levin would be like, doo-doo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know you what know, I mean? like, it's just, it's just funny. Like, it's funny, and Beavis and Butthead made it okay to be funny. Uh, take to, stupid, to take stupid, stupid stuff. shit and laugh at it, and not, and, and make it okay to, to be at a fourth grade level humor. Right. And be like, yeah, that shit's funny. What are you going to do about it? Right. Like, it's sh- just funny. Schillenberger's funny. Like, that's sh- that's funny. Yes. And I don't know. I might have been pronouncing that wrong. Like, <laughs> who cares? It's held so many letters. I yeah. can't read them all. Right. Schillenberger, burger, maybe. But I'm pretty sure I was not pronouncing it wrong. But that's all I got. That's, uh, yeah. Season Butthead was a great show, man. That it still is a great show. Yes, Daria is a great show. You should yeah. do. You should Daria. You should do Daria. That's no, we show. saw what happened when I did Twin Peaks. I just got super excited. <laughs> I loved your Twin tried Peaks to thing. tell people. <laughs> I did. I loved it. But how amazing it was! The hopped up kid trying to tell a story. <laughs> like yeah, <how> <laughs> it doesn't go great. I loved it. I thought it was endearing. I don't do a great job of retelling shows or things about shows. You don't know that. You no, never, I, you never I do. tried to talk about a show. Yeah, I did. I just did. It was Twin Peaks. It was a couple episodes ago. I didn't do a great job. Well, you did like a recap. Yeah. But you could do, you could talk about the creatives behind Daria. Oh, I don't want to do that. No, thanks. Yeah. Well, that's not really my thing. But yeah. I really loved Beavis and Butthead. I remember watching it as a kid. I would watch it. I, I yeah, would, you were pretty I, young, probably. 93. 12. Yeah. Yeah, I grew up on it. I you saw didn't set it. anything on fire? No. Hmm. I, I mean, either. I did. I did all the time. Like I, <laughs> I loved because my parents smoked when I was that age, but they only smoked in the. That's that's a good example. Yeah. Beavis and Butthead's the problem, though. <laughs> yeah, my parents smoked at that age, so I would go in the basement because they only smoked in the basement, which, whatever. So, I would go in the basement and I would use their lighter to light straws on fire because when you light the the, like the part where you drink out of the straw. The end. The end. Well, I mean, either end, I guess. Yeah. But I would always use the drinking end. It curls back. Wait a minute. Is there a specific drinking end for straws? 
Well, if it's one of those ones that have the turn. Oh, thing. the bendy straws. Yeah. Oh, okay. Then, yeah, there's a very specific oh, okay. drinking end. I was like, um, I might have been using straws wrong all my <laughs> life, and I didn't know till just now. So, but when you light it, you know, it curls back. Yeah. Have you ever lit a straw on fire? No. Oh, okay. Well, I I used to light straws on fire because it's really cool because they, they curl back, and then you can keep doing it, and they curl, 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 curl. Oh, you mean like, I see what you mean. They curl backwards right. into themselves. Yeah. And um, that... Probably wasn't Beavis and Butthead related, though. It was probably no. more like my parents left me home a lot, alone a lot, and I was the only child, and they left lighters in the house. Right. More, probably more that. Yeah. And then I was grounded all the time. <laughs> so. Combination of factors there. I didn't have access to TV. All I had access to were lighters and books. So. <laughs> and straws. <laughs> so, <laughs> and straws. So I burned a lot of shit. And Ouija boards. But those are really sad by yourself. So. <laughs> All right, well, I guess that's everything for this week's episode. Well, thanks for listening. Like, thanks, subscribe, guys. rate, share, review. What? I don't yeah. know. Tell a friend. Send a raven. Tell your mom. Tell um, your mom. Tell your mom to, yeah, start that conversation. Try and figure out, try and explain podcasts to your mom. And then <laughs> once you install the app, boot ours up. Yeah, just just go ahead and subscribe. Just subscribe, and then it'll download every week. And then when her phone fills up and she can't figure out why. Why she can't fit the latest update for Words with Friends on there or whatever she's playing. Yeah, this will be fun. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye.